Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Almost missed my intro there, Michael. I was uh, still, still watching the basketball game. There was a SWAT block out of bounds, and I was celebrating and didn't, didn't, uh, didn't join the show. Michael. No, that, that, that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect because I was fumbling around looking for the unmute button. So this is just off to a roaring start. Yeah, here we I go. Was, yeah, I probably would have not spoken for another four to five seconds if you hadn't had a little bit more to say. So, hey, man. Um, yeah, uh, here we are. We're both watching. We're both streaming at different locations. So we're at different parts of the game. But as of right now, according to Stat Broadcast, Texas Tech is up 62-42. They're up 20 points at home against Iowa State. Six minutes, 14 seconds left. Iowa State has had, let's see, not a very good half offensively. I guess we could say that, right? No, no. Texas Tech has had an amazing defensive half. Mm-hmm, there it is. Um, yeah, Tech goes into the into halftime after Adams draws up a play with 17 seconds left, calls a timeout to run said play, which involved a lot of shuffling the ball around to get eventually basically just Terrence Shannon Jr. with the ISO on the top of the key and drive to the lane and get a bucket right before halftime. So kind of an interesting way to just get something that most would be like the second pass. Okay, here you go, Shannon. Good luck. Um, he came off the bas- uh, off the baseline, came around the corner up to the top of the key on a couple of screens. And I think that pushed him a little bit of momentum going into half, going up by three. Uh, it's just been a dogfight of a game, man. Uh, it, it's it's a lot like the one in Ames, except Tech's actually playing with a full deck this time, and that Koontz guy is not drawing eleven fouls because he's got his butt on the bench with four. Thank God. Yeah, he's played nine minutes. Yeah, yeah four fouls. Um, Condit has fouled out. He fouled out with ten minutes to go. Uh, and then his backup Jones has four fouls. He's also on the bench. So we will uh, be checking in, and we'll, we'll obviously come back to this game as as it as it finishes up. We do have, uh, I guess, this is a regular show, regular recording. We just have a basketball game on, so there'll be lots of interjections about about how that's working out. Um, if you uh, if you don't already, please hit us up, follow us on the Twitter be uh be involved in me trolling Kansas State fans and them biting hook line and sinker love it hey speak it but really quick i have some breaking news oh yeah 
Kansas State wins by one in Austin, 66-65. Mixed feelings there. One, I, I, <laughs> I like... Kansas State mess all week. I, you, need to, you need to tell the people about it because I haven't even been able to keep up with it. You've been very fluent in, in purple slander, and I'm, I'm unsure what brought it on aside from the loss well okay uh, this, this past saturday super frustrating loss for sure that that that's part of it um as a uh as an observer well watching the game I mean, if you watch any of, of kansas state games just very very quickly learn to hate bruce weber and I called him whiny. You wouldn't believe the outrage from Kansas State fans. He's got a vocal cord injury. I was like, I'm not even talking about the sound of his voice. I've never heard this man speak. Never heard him speak. So me calling him whiny has nothing to do with him having a throat injury. Sorry, my, my phone's on the desk and it's vibrating like crazy because Joy McGuire's on Twitter and Labar's going crazy and Koontz just fouled out. Stupid. Oh, you hate to see it. Hate to see it. it. Anyways, so I made a comment about that. Enraged Kansas State fans. And and anytime that you make a comment about the winning team as the losing team, you get a lot of catch this L, bro. (laughs) And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I I had some. Okay, one, I need to go back to Bruce Weber. He wears down officials like that. That is his his shtick, right? Like. He's not a great game manager, doesn't call great plays. He just screams and wears people down, right? Yes. Every time a an official walked by, he's following, he's trailing them in their ear. Right? Now, no official is going to to cop and say, oh yeah, I I I started calling fouls because I just I just wanted Bruce Weber off my back. No. But that's what happens subconsciously, right? And I'm not saying it's an official problem or it's a Big 12 problem. It's like any, anybody that's getting like just nitpicked every single time they're near him, just whatever, okay? End of game officiating was suspect in Manhattan. You lose a game by 11. So I'm not saying like the last couple of minutes cost you the game. It played a role, for sure, you also played like absolute garbage. Oh gosh, yeah, that but, was an awful game. But here's the thing: me, me going after or making a comment about about Bruce Weber chirping at officials, and then late game officiating. Oh look, Jones then fouled out. All all three of their guys that had four fouls are now gone. Text Tech is up twenty two. Um, just brought on this onslaught of Kansas State fans, and who, I, I opened myself. Brethren, I opened myself up. Brethren oh yeah, yeah. And and it was mostly uh, Bosco's boys followers, which is <laughs> again like brethren because Scott and I like we we're on each other's shows, um, we're on, on each other's live broadcasts. Like we get along. I was frustrated about the game made some offhand comments about officiating. just had a bunch of guys in, in my mentions, whatever knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. You did. You admit it. You brought it upon yourself a little bit, but then like to kind of tip my hand that like I was like understandably like, like it's not, 
showing that I was mostly trolling. I was frustrated, but also trolling. I made mm. a comment about how awful, just God awful, their lavender alternate uniforms are. And you would have thought I tore down the statue to Bill Snyder or something. <laughs> Which we would help build. If, if, if anyone from Manhattan, if something ever happened to a Bill Snyder statue, probably just about anyone from Lubbock would be like, hey, where do you, where do you need me? Right. So anyways, I've got a, I've got a crane. I've, I've got a, I've got a two wheel dolly. Where do you need? The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Me. I'll be there. <laughs> Anyways, so there was that. So that's the basis for my mixed feelings about tonight. Love that the Longhorns lost hate that Kansas state beat them, but also can kind of take, you know, the little smidgen of moral victories. Like, well, they also beat Texas and they beat them in Austin. So like us losing to the last team in the big 12, it doesn't look all that bad anymore, but don't get it twisted. Kansas state is the worst team in the big 12. <laughs> No, I can't stand that we lost to him. That was just a grueling game. One of those, even worse than normal, even worse than the normal games that we're accustomed to now, where it's just a constant grind. Every possession, just I talk myself into Tech's either going to lose out the rest of the year or they're going to win out the rest of the year, depending on how this possession goes. They're just, that's how it felt this whole first half against Iowa State. But that Kansas State game, Man, I mean, you had guys making threes that had made four threes all year or something for Kansas State. And it was just, it wasn't going to be text day. Um, I don't want to be that guy that's just, well, you know, it wasn't text day. And yes, there is something to say about playing four games in eight days or whatever it was. Um, because you can but, see like one extra day of rest and look how the team is playing. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more fire. You can tell that they're they're moving around a lot faster. You know, Adams has been able to adjust his lineups in this game. I think he was kind of limited to who was fresh that much in Manhattan. But, man, you can't go on the road like that. Yeah, yeah road wins are hard. They're always going to be hard in the Big 12. But you can't put up 23 points in the second half and think that you're going to stick around in a game. All right, so I, I know that we're we're like halfway through and we're we're knee deep in basketball talk. But let's let's go ahead and start talking about basketball. Hit the hit the intro. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> wrap up Oklahoma State game that was on Thursday night, uh, or just do a quick recap on that. Um, give some final thoughts on Kansas State. Uh, I'm I'm done with the, the Bruce Weber talk. I don't want to get even more Kansas State fans in my mentions. 
um, in our mentions, I guess. Sorry about your phone blowing up. <laughs> no, it's cool. You're fine. We also may be getting kicked out of our, our podcast network because uh, Scott from Bosco's Boys, like, it's either them or us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he started a poll, and I, I'm not going to go look at it. I don't want to know. Oh, oh <laughs> we were getting we we're getting ratioed out of this thing, man. It is yeah. not looking good for us. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's let's play the intro, and then we'll get back to, to basketball. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Over the top, McCormick in a crowd strip by Owens. Ready on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover and the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready double into Tariq Owens who puts it down. All right, so Texas Tech goes two and one. Last week, they defeat Baylor on Tuesday. Number one Baylor in Waco, come back home, defeat Oklahoma State very convincingly, 78-57. And then finish up that, that you know, four games and eight day stretch with a, a road game in Manhattan, Kansas and drop that one 51 62. Let's, let's start back on Thursday. We did do an instant reaction to that one. Um, but Kansas state, not Kansas state, Oklahoma state. Um, one of those teams that like, you're not sure what you're going to get from them, uh, each night because they aren't eligible to play in postseason play. Like they can't even play in the, the big 12 tournament, they're still super athletic uh, and talented. Um, Boynton is still, you know, from what I can tell, a really good coach. But um, you, like I said, ended up defeating them 78-57. You, you held some of their, their, their big players. Like, I was, I'm always so, I wouldn't say concerned or scared. Um, Isaac Likely, like he's just been around for so long. Played 21 minutes only was able to put up six points. They only had one player in double figures. It was Bryce Thompson. Um, he had 14 points in 27 minutes. Former Red Raider Tyreek Smith, he obviously transferred to Oklahoma State, played 12 minutes, only had two points. Um, they ended up shooting 32% from the field, which you're doing that to anybody on defensively, on the defensive side. Excuse me. It's going to be extremely difficult for that team to keep up. Um, again, you, you kind of flexed your muscles with points in the paint. You only allowed them to score 20. And that, that's actually a, a lot of points for this defense to give up in the paint. Um, but again, I don't have, I don't have the, the charts or whatever, when all those points came, I would say that some of those were coming late as the defense kind of relaxed a little bit, uh, as, as it would when you're up, you know, 21 points. 
Um, you had a 15 point lead going into halftime. This is a game that started, um, you know, you got up to a, a 10 point lead, uh, Oklahoma state clawed back, got it back even. And then you, you got it back to 15 points at half, uh, and then kind of coasted the rest of the way out. Um, we talked about it on, on Thursday night on the, the quick instant reaction we had. That was a, a game that we were kind of concerned about uh, there being some kind of letdown after the Baylor win. Um, and then there, you know, the, some, some thoughts there about some of your endurance um, ha- having been your third game in that stretch. But obviously when you win that big, uh, it's nice to kind of put some of those concerns away. And then Saturday, a whole different game. Um, you know, you went on the road this time, um, Kansas state. It was just super ugly. Their, their defense is also pretty good. Um, but you came out and like, especially in the first half. Um, and I don't know, I don't think it was any better in the second half, but first half, you just could not buy a shot. Um, no, sorry. Second half was worse. You shot 50 or sorry. I promise I can read. You shot 46% from the field in the first half. Um, 25% from three. Uh, but you shot 33% from the field in the second half. Um, you just didn't, it just didn't feel like, like you had a lot of possessions. Like they were real long extended possessions. Um, there were a lot of, a lot of turnovers that you had. Uh, you, Texas Tech committed 18 turnovers. Uh, you did force Kansas State into 16 turnovers, but it felt like there were a lot of um, times where you turned them over but didn't convert them into points. You would then turn the ball back over to them or you would turn it over and then you would uh, you know, drop the ball out of bounds or something. It was really strange uh, in that way. You didn't. You had zero second chance points. You didn't have any any putbacks. You didn't have any uh, offensive rebounds that turned into points. Like it was just such a weird scoring game. Um, yeah, Bryson Williams was the only guy who was able to do anything, and I've been super impressed with what he's been able to do in Big Twelve play. I, I, he averages on the season, I think, right at twelve point four points a game or whatever it is. But in Big Twelve play, including tonight, he's averaging fifteen. Um, you know, he had twenty in Manhattan on nine of fifteen shooting. I mean, he he shot by the by far the most of anyone on the team. McCullough shot nine times, three for nine, only six points though. Um but just just a really <laughs> grueling offensive performance. And, and like you said, you've got to credit Kansas state to some of that just because they do play, uh, uh, you know, some tough defense there and 11 AM start just kind of a weird vibe. That whole, that whole game, the crowd finally got into it in the second half. And that was exactly when Tech's offense, whatever they had going in the first half just really disappeared. Well, and you mentioned crowd, like, I don't know if it was part of the weather or if they've got some, uh, restrictions going on or just fan interest in a nine and, or, you know, eight and seven team at that point. It's only 5,000 people at that game. Really? Just five. Oh, oh, oh sorry. It's almost six, 5970. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, I, I do think still, they, they definitely were more into it the second half and, and who could blame them? You know, Kansas state was playing really hard. Um, 
they they weren't. I don't think either of the teams. I'm not going to be that guy that's like, well, Tech didn't want to be there or it was too early, you know, whatever. Both teams were playing hard the whole time, but I think the crowd having kind of took a break the first half and then they ramped it up in the second half. That may have had a little bit of a factor, um, but just not, not what you want to see on the road. Uh, even, even in a tough stretch that we mentioned, you know, arms only made one shot. Um, Shannon, you know, I, he didn't make a, a shot until I think almost the end of the game. He was one for three. He only took three. Uh, he only played 18 minutes. Well, he took three shots in 18 minutes. That's, that's kind of telling too that like he just yeah. wasn't there. He kind of disappeared. I mean, and then you guys, you got guys on Kansas State like Mike McGurl, who was in for 10 minutes, scored 16 points, four for five from the field, two for three from three. You know, when you've got guys coming in doing stuff like that off the bench on the and you're the road team, it's just not going to go well for you. Yeah. How's sorry. that score going? Tech's, I was, tech's I was got 70 now. I'm seeing Tech is up 70-53 with a minute 24 left. I was Someone watching a run fouled. out. So, um, yeah, so... Let's let's look around. Uh, I, I don't want to really go into the Kansas State game anymore. Like I just like the loss you had in Ames. This is a team that like I am welcoming back to Lubbock. Like bring that back to Lubbock, and we'll see how this game goes. Well, that was I wanted to bring up one thing, just one more thing to wrap these two up. Oklahoma State went on to beat Baylor after Tech beat them by twenty one. Mm-hmm went to Waco and beat Baylor. So it's, it's just, this league is insane. <laughs> There's no telling who's going to win uh, any given day. Yeah. And, and like we already mentioned, Kansas state has gone on to, to beat Texas and Austin. Um, and we say in Austin light, like it's, you know, a big road game. There were some pregame or right as, as game was starting tweets about the attendance and it was empty some ghost town out there. Um, I don't know if, you know, fan support is waning or if it's always been this, I mean, it has been that bad, but I don't know if it's gotten any worse under Chris Beard, but man, um, you know, props to Kansas state, I guess for riding high now. Um, other, other games in the big 12 today, Baylor on the road at West Virginia. They were the only team, only number one team ever in the sport to lose two games at home. Uh, but they came back, bounced back on the road at West Virginia to win 77 to 68. It was a close game until really, really late until they were able to extend that lead. Kansas on the road at Oklahoma. This was a close game all the way to the wire. It took some heroics. Apparently, uh, Ochai Agbaji hurt his wrist and ended up needing, uh, I guess, a, some extra taping or Splinting uh, came back, helped lead that charge for the Jayhawks to win 67-64 on the road. Um, Kansas State at Texas, we mentioned. So three of the four road teams winning tonight. Kansas State, no, sorry, not Kansas State. Iowa State being the one not holding up that end of the deal. 30 seconds to go. Texas Tech is up 17. Um, but yeah, man, like any any given day, any given night, um, the teams that, you know, whoever it is, you got to be careful. Um, 
who didn't play tonight? TCU and Oklahoma State are the two teams that haven't played. TCU uh, giving Kansas State a run for their money for a worst team in the Big 12. Um, but I'm not, not ready to talk about TCU yet. We haven't played them. I haven't played Texas yet either, or Oklahoma. That weird part of the schedule where, like, instead of playing all nine teams through the Big 12 first and then repeating them, you're, you're getting a weird mix where after tonight we'll be done with Iowa State. Uh, we we hit West Virginia this weekend, I believe. We get Kansas again here pretty soon. Uh, and I think all that's before we even play Texas the first time. Yes, yeah, and TCU. So we'll play, we'll be done with Kansas and Iowa State before we play uh, Texas or TCU at all. So Texas Tech takes the last couple of their possessions just to run out the clock. Iowa State's able to bring it a little closer. Uh, obviously, it was up 22 points at one point. They end up winning by 12, 72 to 60 um, to move to, oh, where do I have that? 14 and four overall, four and two in conference uh, moves us into fourth place in conference. So somehow TCU is ahead of you at two and one. They've only played three conference games. You've played six. Um, they are 12 and two on the season. Then there's Baylor at four and two, 16 and two, and then Kansas four and one. And sorry, they just dropped it off. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, those are, I think that's accurate. Yeah. I had, I think it's 15, two, four and one. Yeah. So wait. Yeah. And that's who's coming up next. So after, after tonight, tech takes care of business against Iowa state. Um, I mean, just a complete, almost aside from the first half, maybe just almost a complete opposite game as what we saw in Ames, uh, which is fine by me. Don't want to relive that thing. That was that was a tough hang. I called it ugly delicious on Twitter, but I think that's being a, a little, I don't know, probably too kind to that game. But, um, you know, good to get a win like this at home, obviously. Upcoming games, and, you know, we'll, we can talk a little bit about Ken Palm and Haslametrics too, but, you know, upcoming games, we just mentioned it, West Virginia, Saturday. At 11, another 11 a.m. Tip off. Yeah, another 11 a.m. But it's at least at least it's here. Um, so hopefully the tech kids won't won't party too hard. They can be up and rolling around at 10:30 and run up to the USA. And then uh, we've got Kansas Monday coming off of a hard fought road win in Norman today. That will be the big Monday game, I guess. And I said Monday. I completely Monday. Com- I completely dropped my West Texas all over the place right there. Okay. So that's the big Monday game. ESPN 8 PM. Uh, then tech's got a nice little break for the first time in a while. They'll be off from Monday, the 24th until Saturday, the 29th. Will they have the sec challenge against Mississippi state who is somehow three and one in the sec. They're 12 and four overall. Uh, you know, not a lot of huge wins for the, the bull, the bulldogs. Are they the bulldogs? <laughs> it's been so long since we played the bowl game. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's just been so long. Uh, they do have a win, a very close win against Alabama and Georgia. They play uh, Florida on the nineteenth, Ole Miss the twenty second. 
Oh my gosh. How many games did they play before they play tech? <laughs> they, they are 12, three. <laughs> 12 and four, but that's going to be a little bit different as like, as you said, um, in terms of, of, of Ken Palm ratings, um, currently Mississippi state is number 40. Um, and then for reference, Oklahoma is 32, uh, Iowa state's 27, uh, you go the other way, Oklahoma State's 46, West Virginia 47, Providence 50, Kansas State 57. So, are, are you thinking? Okay, speaking of Ken Palm, we'll, I'll keep rolling with this. So, so Tech is currently 15th. No, overall. No, no, no. They're 14th. Did he change it already? <laughs> it's been updated. This man must keep live stats or something. You've got to be kidding. I did this during lunch. Tech Tech is 14 like, as the recording right now. It may change obviously with other, other games as, as they happen, but no kidding. Yeah. Um, Tech Tech is 14th in Ken Palm. Gosh. Okay. What's their adjusted offense? Oh, well, you got me making me, um, I know, adjusted offense is 72nd for Texas tech, 108.7 points per, what is that? hundred possessions. Yeah. Yeah. And then adjusted defense is third. Okay. So third is still accurate. Um, LSU the, still think, has number one defense. Yeah. The main thing I wanted to point out is, you know, the adjusted offense slipped a lot. Previously, it was 50th uh, up until, well, I guess we did this last Tuesday. So before, I guess it was right at the end of the Kansas game when we did. No, right to the end of the Baylor game. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, they, they dropped quite a bit offensively, which kind of makes sense. I thought they would jump up a little bit more after tonight's game, but I think they just jumped up from 71st to 70th uh, from earlier today. But yeah, uh, you know, the opposing defense and offense is gaining ground considerably. Um, you know, last week when we looked at this, it was still... 200 in the 250 range for defense and offense on the adjusted factors for the opposing teams. And that has jumped up to 167th for offense or defense and 177th for offense. So it's obviously that the competition's changing. He's accounting for that, but man, he is so fast. Um, Yeah. Because the, the Kansas state has the fourth rated adjusted defense, according to Ken Palm. Yes. Yeah, I knew they were very close. Yeah. Who is Haslam? the second defense? Sorry. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading that. through that. So LSU has a first, uh, we have Texas tech has a third. Iowa state has fourth. That second rated defense must is have an Baylor? atrocious offense. Cause I can't find it. Really? No, Baylor's dropped to 11th in defense. I don't know Sorry. who that would be. This is great podcast San, San Diego state is fifth Oklahoma state is seventh in defense. Like the, the big 12 defenses are just stupid. VCU VCU is number two at 80th. Their offense is 278th. That's yeah. why they're so far down VCU, the havoc. Yes. Okay. 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 Um, Haslametrics will not be updated moments after the game. So, He's a slacker. He takes too long. Good gravy, dude. Let's get your stuff together, Eric. <laughs> Texas Tech is 18th, according to Haslametrics. Um, Eric. I mean. Just going first name on him. 
I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. Uh, he's a little bit more, more. Uh, he's a little more, little more bullish. I don't know. He he. The the offense. He's got rated a little bit higher at fifty second, uh, and then defense at number seven. Yeah, I think bullish is good. Greed is good. Is bullish good, or is bearish? Bearish is bad. Is it? Is that? Is that where it comes from? Like bull bear? Yeah, and it's talking about thing. the market. Yeah, but the market. market. Let's talk about the market. Hey, can I just? Okay, one second. I was yeah. in line tonight for uh, at the market Taco Tuesday, and I don't know what it was. And I don't. I don't. I don't mean to like piss off our own following here, but this woman had like the quintessential West Texas accent. The way she said taco irritated the living daylights out of me. All right. You got to try it. No, I can't. I can't even. And it was, it was just the way she said her O's. Can I try it? Can I try it? Is it something like a taco? Yes. Can I get some of them tacos? I, I need me a couple of them, uh, Cup of them soft tacos. I I don't know. It was yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, I can do it because I'm constantly trying not to do it on this podcast. Just so everyone knows, it's it's a we're endearing. (laughs) We, um, I definitely have a West Texas accent for sure, and it shows up on occasion, as it did when I said Monday. Monday. All right. So got early on Friday. Sorry, that's a office space still. Cool um, reference, bro. Looking ahead to Saturday against West Virginia. We don't have like, I don't have their roster pulled up in front of me, so I can't tell you who's who. I do know they don't have Oscar Shibway because he's tearing it up for Kentucky right now. Um, dude had like 30 rebounds the other night. It's just ridiculous stat. Uh, according to Ken Palm, most up-to-date out there, <laughs> when I'm, well, I'm looking at right now, they're 47th in the country, just behind Oklahoma State. Um they are 103rd in offense, 22nd on defense. Um, so not as difficult statistically or on paper as Iowa State. Um, but this will be on the road. Um, whereas, you know, Kansas no. State had 118th offense, Western 103rd, Kansas State 24th defense. Like it may be very similar to the Kansas State game. And again, Bruce Weber, Bob Huggins, like coaches that you hate to go up against because they're just, you probably love them. Like when they're your guy, like, absolutely. If Bob Huggins was my coach, oh my gosh. And, and like, like I was seeing some of the Kansas state fans just absolutely rail on Chris Beard. And I remember like his antics kind of like. Well, I mean, he's my coach, but now it's like, yeah, yeah. he's, he's, he's a petulant child. I, I, I get that. I understand that. But yeah, the, Bob whole, Huggins, the whole timeout thing in the, in the floor and all that. But yeah, yeah. To, playing on Huggins the, yeah. Is, I've always thought Huggins is one of those guys. I, I, Hey, don't get me wrong, guys. It's not like I, if I had the choice between him and Mark Adams, I would take, no, no, no. It's, it's just, if Huggins for some reason over the last 10 years had wound up in Lubbock, I would have immediately thought different things <laughs> about him and just like, Oh yeah, that's my guy. He's, he's always fighting yeah. for his players and he's, you know, he coaches them hard and he's, 
he's always talking trash to the other team, just a little something. There's always something he doesn't like, you know, too much celebrating the, the, you know, Frank Irwin center's too quiet. He's just always got something to say. And so, yeah, I, I would lap that up if, if he was saying that wearing uh, scarlet and black. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Haslametrics actually has this game as a eight point game in favor of Texas tech. I'm a little weary of that. They had, they had tonight as a four point game. Um, and then I guess the line was eight points at the start of the game was actually being pretty close. Um, as much as we talked about like wanting the, the revenge game, like I, I pulled a Kyle Jacobson in the chat this morning and said tech by double digits. And I was trying to figure out a word, like how to word like double, double digits. So like 20 and had they held that 20 point lead, I would have felt pretty good about it. And I would have been like, I, I called it. I called that. Yeah, but they didn't. Um, but sorry, upcoming game, West Virginia has the metrics. Like I, like I said, has this as an eight point advantage for Texas tech. Um, I think, so I, I was listening to, to Rob bro and, and Kyle Jacobson do their, their recap after the Kansas state game. And they were talking about how, um, their expectations had kind of changed going into that game. Uh, performing having the week that you did and then playing that way and then losing that game that you may be out of the big 12 title hunt on the kind of stuff. Like my, my expectations hadn't changed that much. And obviously I was very frustrated losing the game to Kansas state, but I wasn't like now there's no way you can, you, you can compete for it because Baylor is going to be up there. They're going to be really good. They've already lost twice. So you can say they may not lose again or they've got holes. Uh, and Kansas, uh, you know, you've beat them. They've only lost once uh, in Big 12 play. But saying all that, I'm just saying you've lost two road games. You can get one of them back by winning this weekend in a game that you're, you know, statistically, at least according to Haslametrics, favored in this game um, may help you feel a little bit better about losing to Kansas State. Um well, this game's at home. Yeah, I don't. I I, I keep saying on the road. I, I'm imagining this game in in Morgantown. I that's probably why it is an eight point uh, line right now, is because it is at home for Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, and then you're you're. It's probably because I'm looking at the game on Monday. We are at Kansas on Monday. They Kansas plays Kansas State this weekend, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Kind of shut up the Purple Cats a little <laughs> bit. Um, and then you know take a little a little bit of medicine maybe you know drop that game on the road as as their revenge game uh currently Haslametrics has that as a eight point victory seven and a half point victory for kansas um if you're able to to slow down their offense you can you can keep that kind of close but you've just you've won there what once ever twice maybe um yeah it's not a likely thing to happen I, I i do appreciate that it's a night game you don't have to worry about the lights coming in like we saw it this weekend with, with the cowboys game that they had lights in their eyes They're like oh, i can't see a ball <laughs> kansas has like some weird window things going on at the top of the stadium arena that like brings in weird light like saturday morning games are rough at allen field house um but monday night you should be fine. 
Well, you should be fine without that. having the lights in your face, sunlight. Um, and then we'll obviously be back. Give you the the preview for for Mississippi State the following Saturday. So, Michael, following this past week, Kansas State, Iowa State included, has your has your expectations for the season changed? Has it ebbed and flowed? Or are you you pretty still set? Or have you just been like, I'm not ready to call it yet? I don't think mine have changed because this team just feels it's, it still feels like they're not. Okay. Here's why my expectations haven't changed is because the team is not super predictable. And I I don't expect a, a college team to necessarily be predictable, but the roster has, you know, the turnover, the injuries, the, uh, you know, COVID protocols, all that kind of stuff has forced Adams to tinker with the lineup in a way that he probably never intended. And so we don't have, I don't feel like any of us has a full grasp of what this team's fully capable of. And I think that they have performed probably a little bit, not a little bit. They have performed beyond what I thought they would at this point in the season. Um, so I'm still, I think I came into here saying we can go check the tape, but I really thought tech would, land in the third or fourth place in the big 12 this year. I thought that would be kind of a reasonable expectation. Um, and that's really where I'm still, that's really where I am still. Uh, they've, they've still got a lot of road games left. They've got a lot of tough games, you know, haven't played Huggins and, and West Virginia at all. Haven't played beard in Austin or haven't played them in Lug, Lubbock either. So I, I think I'm to the point where basically I'm enjoying the ride, but I don't know who this team is yet. Aside from they're really good defensively and then offensively, it's kind of a crap shoot. Who's going to show up. And luckily it's, uh, you know, Bryson's been that guy for the last six games. Yeah. And, and I, I would agree with you in, in that because of the, the, um, Oh, how would you say it? the, the chemistry, right? Like whether it was, was, you said COVID or injuries, it's not that you've had everybody together for an extended period of time. And you've just like, you've figured out your rotation or how everybody's going to contribute. And you have an idea about what that looks like. Um, Cause you, you just haven't had that, that luxury yet. Um, so yeah, it's, it's difficult to say, but I'm, I think I would be disappointed if you weren't, fighting for that second place spot. Mm, okay. and, and that feels kind of defeatist to, to say like, I think we're going to be good enough to fight for second place. I think it's going to be, you know, Kansas and Baylor le- leading out. Um, but I think Texas tech is going to have the opportunity, especially after having beaten both of them, that you can be right there. If you, if you can limit the number of frustrating games that you lose, like you probably all things, you know, if, if, if you had, if you were hundred percent two weeks ago, you should have beaten Iowa state two weeks ago. Had you, this is obviously revisionist history here. I'm going to do it twice. Had you not had such an awful start in Manhattan, you should have beaten Kansas state this weekend. Now, should you have beaten Waco? I'm sorry, beaten Baylor in Waco? Probably not. 
right? And mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I think right now I, I may be because that was a road game in Waco. I would probably trade. Like give me both of those wins, and I'll let you have <laughs> Baylor. And I, I get that that's like a, a two for one there. Um, I would rather have beaten Iowa State and Kansas State on the road than beat Baylor on the road. Well, and that's that's where you, just like you said, you get into the the cohesion of this team and and how much they haven't fully gotten to play with each other very much, at least consecutively. I mean, if who knew that one Iowa State would have been a top ten team or whatever when Tech went up to Ames, but who knew that in those three games against Iowa State, Kansas, and Baylor, Clarence Nadolny was going to average thirty three minutes a game. And he was going to score 17 points, his career high. He, he like, he, he re did his career high each game that week. I think, yeah, I think it did. was nine and then he matched it and then he, or he got eight or I don't remember what it was. And then he got 17 against Kansas and they were very valuable points. So, um, you know, that's just kind of one of those wild card things that just, I like Clarence Nadolny a lot, but I, I don't, you, you know, if, if you look at this stat sheet and you and you see him play randomly 33 minutes per game for three games in a row, you realize, oh, something's something's different. Something's Someone's not, not available. Right. Yeah. Something is, this team's not quite full strength. And, you know, having him in there when he's averaging a lot less minutes per game is going to kind of alter just the whole flow of it altogether. But I've... I still, I'm still kind of thinking third, fourth, man. I, I, that's kind yeah. of where I'm at. I, I think that, um, you know, UT could kind of make a surge a little bit and compete Oklahoma. for that third, fourth spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oklahoma's showing that. And Iowa State, I think. Yep. And I, luckily, we're done with Iowa State, so their destiny's in their hands pretty much from this point on. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a clear. To me, it's a clear one-two Baylor Kansas, even though Tech beat them back to back. Yeah, and, and so like like well, all that to say, I like I agree with you. I think it's Kansas Baylor, and I don't think there's as much of a drop off between two and three. And I think Texas Tech is in that second group, but I think they could and probably should at this point, from everything I've seen and and from what I've seen from around the league, be at least towards the top, if not at the top of the second tier of the Big Twelve. And that would include Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa State. Um, West Virginia may be in there, but they would be a little bit lower. Um, Oklahoma State. I. Yeah, they're a wild card too. Yeah. Those again, are both like, teams you don't want to play. <laughs> yeah, and then TCU and Kansas State. Now, Kansas State is... To their credit, like as much as I say, like they're the worst team in the Big Twelve, like, and I think Rob Bro said it on, on on their show. Worst team in the Big Twelve is still what is it? Only um, where are they? Fifty seventh in the country. They are like half the top half of most other Power Five conferences, mm-hmm. and we're like they're the worst team in the Big Twelve. You shouldn't be losing to them. Um, TCU is right, right around the same thing. They're 63rd right now. So they're just a couple spots below them, but the worst team in the big 12 is 63rd in the country, right? Like, 
A&M is 59th. Notre Dame is 60th. Let's see. Clemson is 65th. Penn State is 66th. SMU. Dayton, who beat Kansas earlier. Cincinnati, who I thought was going to be a little bit better in basketball right now. Uh, UCF. VCU, we talked about them having the second best defense. Colorado's 81st, Stanford 83rd. Like these are all power five teams that are significantly lower than the worst team in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Which but, is yeah, just, and you did air quotes there, the quote unquote worst team in the Big 12. Well, I mean they they so the people know. They are the worst team in the Big 12. But sure, like, I know what you mean. It's still like Ole Miss, 118th. Uh Arizona State, 123rd. Like these are power five schools, Butler, 130. That's not, they're not power five, but they're historically been really good at basketball. Missouri, 139th, Oregon state, 140th. I can go on, like just keep scrolling down the list. A bunch of really big schools have really bad programs. Okay. Okay. With that, we're going to jump into, into football, unless you have anything else to talk about with, uh, with basketball there, Michael? Nah, let's see. Well, let's see what's going on on the gridiron. Yeah, we do actually do have some updates for football. Oh, yeah, we do. It was interesting this week. All right, let's, let's get to football. Joe keeps it himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown! To the end zone. Picked off him, and it's picked off. Pick six. Jeffers. Slager able to escape. And that picked off. Back-to-back turnovers. And Waters one of the other ways. Picked down the sideline. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again. And he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle. And it's caught. Touchdown. Texas Tech. Miles Price. 39 yards for the score. Action 30. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw it. Has a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks through the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith. Find a little time. Throwing to the back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Wow. All right. That actually reminded me. As a, a it update. did me, too. I was about to start typing that, but you beat me to it. Um, so... Still excited about all those those highlights. Those are highlights from this year. Unlike the other highlights we did, they were stretched over several years. Those are all 2021 football highlights. Still cracks me up um, that uh, Florida, oh gosh, who was that? Florida International when we played, and the color guy is doing play-by-play over top of the play-by-play guy. Touchdown! <laughs> oh, here we go. 20, 10, Touchdown! And the and the play by play guy's just over there. You can tell he's gritting his teeth when he says "pick six. Like, Shut up! <laughs> this is kind of my thing. Kind of my thing. Is that Brandon Jacobs. 
Yeah, that was definitely the Jacobs game doing the color. Cringy. Okay. Anyways, we had some uh, some roster updates this week. Had a couple guys announced. Or I guess three guys announced they have left the program, entered the transfer portal. Two quarterbacks, Maverick McIver and Henry Columbia, both announced they were. I guess. Sorry. Yeah, we've known about Columbia for a Columbia while. Columbia had been announced since the bowl game, but he he announced his commitment this week to to Marshall. He's going to go play for Marshall. And his dad had that smarmy tweet. You go where that where they want you. Like, dude, shut up. It was just sweet. It was it was very sweet tweet. It was touching. <laughs> Coach Columbia, um, and then Maverick MacGyver worst kept news or secret out there. Like everybody's like, well, he's going to transfer eventually. Everybody knew it was coming. Announced it this week. I think the one that really hurts is Nelson and Banasor defensive yeah. line. Um, unfortunately hasn't been able to play much for Texas tech because of injury. Um, but that one, well, aren't, isn't tech recruiting his brother. They had, but I, he didn't commit. I don't okay. Think. Okay. I just didn't know how, how that would affect that. I mean, it obviously would, you wouldn't be surprised either way. I think his name was a uh, Sydney and Banasor. And actually, now that I say that, let me double check. I, I, I think he ended up, um, I don't think he ended up committing to Texas Tech or signing. Okay. Maybe that was a sign we, we missed. Those were the, some of the tea leaves we missed. Maybe Nelson was like, hey, hey brother, just just no. Hey, brother. <laughs> just no. Just know that I am uh, looking elsewhere. Baron Morton. No, I'm on the wrong class. Um, so did, the other one, did, did you drop the bomb that, that Garibay declared for the draft? Did you drop that yet? I hadn't said it yet, but there it is, <sighs> <laughs> which is interesting. Cause like kickers don't usually declare, right? Like you don't, you don't hear like a guy declare, like leave early. And, and like well, he, he's, he's kind he's, of a super senior or I thought the, I think he I was always confused on his eligibility. I think technically he could have come back for one more year. But he, I think he was already like he had played five years, and like there was one more available to him if, if he wanted. So it's not like he's a a junior declaring, you know, as early as he can out of high school. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Garibay announced, uh, kind of t- teased it on Twitter that he had some big news coming, and then announced that he was declaring for the draft. Super exciting because that's going to be one more Raider, Red Raider in the NFL. Um, raid the league hashtag. Um. Hey, Michael, do you know that uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chief Quarterback, MVP, Super Bowl champion, played for Texas Tech, went to Texas Tech? You know what? He did. I I've, I remember seeing that. Um, right. I, I was already out of school. But I was they too. were the only of my three teams. The Chiefs were the only ones that won the, this weekend. Did you find anything about Sydney in Benesor, by the way? Did not, I- did not commit to Tech. Okay. Okay. So yeah, before I go off on the tea leaves. Yeah. Before I go off on NFL playoffs. Oh, we're we're not there yet. So I I was, I, I had mentioned in our chat, I was a little like we, we expected the McIver and or Columbia news. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a little, makes me a little nervous because you didn't take a quarterback in this class. And you really couldn't because the previous staff didn't recruit one. And you like, those are the guys you need to lock down super early in your class and like, hang on to them like a, a Texas tech upset, a, a historical upset. You got to get a big lead and then just <laughs> hold on. <laughs> yeah. um, that's kind of how you have to re- recruit a quarterback these days. So you lose two quarterbacks out of your, uh, your room. You do have, you're still expecting Shuck to be here. 
Donovan Smith, Baron Morton. They're going to be your, your top three. Um, and that is a hell of a top three, right? Like, I, that's not like I'm saying, like, you've got to figure out who's going to play between any of them. Any, any one of those could be your starter. And, and unfortunately, you could also see a scenario where all three end up having to play next year because that's just how it happens. Like, you haven't had a wire-to-wire starter healthy enough to play all season for several seasons now. Yeah, we're not um, going to know what to do if Donovan Smith starts every game next year. We're like, I, I guess Shuck What's, is still what here. What world is this? Yeah, yeah or, or whatever it is. You know, if, if Shuck starts every game or wh- whoever, whoever starts game one starts the rest of the year, we're not going to know what to do. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's it's a thin room now. Um, but they were kind of... It, it just seems like this is exactly what was going to happen, though. I mean, I think everyone predicted that Columbia would probably transfer or or somehow not be with the program. And then McIver might eventually find his way out too. So if, if we were all thinking it, then you know that McGuire and his staff were probably thinking that too. And then still feeling like they have enough guys to fill out a roster, but yeah, it's, it's not ideal to lose half your QB room basically. But you know who's up to that challenge? New offensive coordinator, Zach Kitley. Oh yeah. I got super pumped. There was a video that came out today. Um, the guys have moved in to campus, new players that, that are that signed and came in with the, the early part of the signing period. Uh, and they had a first team meeting, or at least it's one of the first ones. And he was addressing the team. He was talking about brand, right? Oh, um, McGuire was. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. We're, we're going to win so many games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just one of those things where like you, you see it, you're like, this is what you like. You feel like you've been missing for so long. Um, let me just punch the microphone real quick. But like, it had nothing to do with X's and O's. But I just felt two minute video on Twitter. Like, I love this man. This is exactly who I want as the head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raider football team. One of the things I liked the most about that video was they kept cutting to players taking notes. Okay, old man. Well, no, because it was, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't, um, so if they're running a cover two, do this, that it wasn't like an X's and O's kind of no, it discussion. Wasn't kind of it was just McGuire being McGuire and being motivational and, and having a lot of good things to say. But these guys were taking notes even for that. I thought, well, yeah, that's great. He's captivated their attention. Just talking about it with mm-hmm. the type of football they're going to play, how hard they're going to work. They're going to get 1% better every day which I think I remember hearing from that Atomic Habits book. I listened to that at one point. I, I probably do zero Atomic Habits, just so any, anyone knows. But I think that was one of them, which was get 1% better every single day. Just, and then it'll, you'll, you'll be a lot, a lot better. That's unsustainable, Michael. No, 1% sustainable, I think. You can only do 100 days of that. Go from zero to 100. No, I mean, 100%. No, no, no. It's, it's, it compounds. So you just multiply the last day times 1.01 and you just keep getting, getting better. Right. I so that's how that goes again. So it's never attainable. 1% better is always attainable. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time, man. <laughs> I know you are. All right. So if you haven't seen that video, it's like, again, it's on, on Twitter. It's the football account tweeted it. I retweeted it. 
most of the stake in the planes guys it, it's on stake in the planes um you can definitely check it out there michael mentioned uh super wild card weekend this weekend in the nfl um have any thoughts on this weekend michael Ugh. saturday sunday monday games uh you know i watched the nickelodeon broadcast of the cowboys game which was the best way to take in that is that, that game? Isn't that just like how the game was? It's just a Nickelodeon version of a football game. Yeah, it was just. You just felt like it should just been that Three Stooges whoop 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 whoop, just going the whole time. Um, <laughs> like like that last play. I'm 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 a Cowboys fan, right? Are you? <laughs> Historically, yes. Uh, I, I just haven't I haven't been like super invested. So like I've, I've no, I just I've want been, it on the record. <laughs> yes. So like I. I didn't watch the game. Like I, I didn't watch it live. Um, I, I saw the Twitter reaction. I was like, okay, what the hell just happened? And then I saw the final play. Like what an absolute cluster, right? Yeah. Like I'm they not even mad at the ref. I mean, well, see, why, I, I kind of am. <laughs> why take off? Of course you are. But why take off on the, on a quarterback draw? Which was a, okay, yeah. That's that's eight seconds left and no timeouts, and you're down by a touchdown. Uh, and the guy yeah, running that offense is supposedly being interviewed for head coaching positions all over the league. It makes no sense. Kellen Moore, in theory, in theory, they were you know McCarthy defended it and said that they could have gotten a playoff. They they, they probably uh, should have. Yeah, sure, but I mean. But you, you so know what? You it was like dog crap all game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying terrible. I'm not saying the what happened with the referee and the ball spotting and plowing into the back of <laughs> Dak Prescott in the center, like yeah. basically knocking them over um, cost you the game. They cost you a shot at another play. Yeah, that that, that wouldn't that wouldn't. Was. Yeah, um, and whatever. But like <laughs> so this this referee center judge who places the ball comes running in from behind the play runs into uh Dak Prescott in the center like like I said knocking them off balance then gets the ball picks it up puts it down like four inches behind picks it up again and puts it back where it was originally and then by the time he lets go and backs up time's expired ball game it's like yeah one I guess like he, he had to go through the line to, to, to fulfill his duties of spotting the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and they beat him to that spot. So it's not like he had a clear path to get through and you know, whatever. And he just thought it was such a, just a disaster way to end that game. And oh, yeah. like in a season. Oh, a season. Yeah, absolutely. Just a complete, this just absolute perfect Cowboys ending of you know coming in top of your division all that crap and then not even really be competitive in the game until the last few seconds and so there's gonna be a lot of people hang on to that well if that ref would have he'd have thrown that hail mary and by god they'd be heading over to the divisionals and you're like no i don't think so and then and then and then aaron Rodgers and the packers would have wiped the floor with them let's be honest eventually Um, yeah so Interesting enough, like as bad as that game was, that was one of the closest wild card playoff games from the weekend. I think the Bengals game was within six points. Everything else was yes. fifteen plus. It was re- 
like as much as the college football playoffs were just like blowouts, the rest of the weekend blowouts. Yeah. For the NFL to lose by more than a touchdown or to lose by 10 or more is, is a blowout in the NFL. And these are just playoffs, <laughs> right? These are yeah. playoff teams losing like the chiefs beat the Steelers by 21. Oh, I mean, and it wasn't even that close. Up. Was it? It was like 28 to three at one point or whatever. Or no, it was, yes. was 28, seven. It was something insane like that. I think they went into halftime up 21, zero. And I may be getting that confused because I watched the Cardinals game last night. Oh, that was another cluster, oh. which we'll get to. In a second. <laughs> Poor Kyler Murray, man. But, but yeah, the, the Steelers and the chiefs, that was, that was a great one to watch as a lifelong chiefs fan. Just really proud. And looking forward to the divisional round this Sunday, 5.30. Bills at Chiefs. The Bills are looking really good. They um, blew out the Patriots. Yes. And the Bills took the Chiefs to, I mean, they took them to school earlier this year too. They were the, the team that came in and, and made everyone start, man, are the Chiefs actually bad? Are the Chiefs bad now? Are they terrible? Uh, you know, nothing are the bills legit. And then of course the bills had their kind of quote unquote slump. So who knows what's going to happen, but both of these teams seem really hot right now. I am excited to watch this game looking for some competitive football, some not just competitive football, so some competent football because I didn't get to watch that with the Cowboys. Didn't get to watch it with the Cardinals. Good Lord. Did you watch any of that last night? Oh yeah, I watched a lot of the Cardinals Rams game last night, um, and it wasn't even close when I turned it on. It was within thirty seconds that Kyler Murray threw that pick six in the end zone where he oh, was being tackled. Gosh. I was like, Just "Like, take the safety, bro." <laughs> he was trying so hard not to get the safety, and he was he was trying to get outside the pocket and just throw it away, underhand it away, and just threw it right to a defender who took like two steps for the the touchdown. Um, and then like two plays later had, had another interception. Uh, and then there was a play that, um, because yeah, it, it was, it was a screen pass and, and it was tipped off the like a defensive tackle ended up intercepting that one. Um, oh, there was a weird play later on where yeah, and like, like he threw it to his receiver and yeah. it bounced off his hands. The defensive back looked like he had the interception and then at the end of the play, the receiver comes up with the ball. Like he takes it from him on the way down to the ground. It's like, that should have been another interception. Yeah. And it wouldn't really have been, I guess on so much on Kyler as, as his receiver, like it went off his hands and the defender had it, but the receiver got it back. Um, I did see <laughs> a lifelong or not lifelong, just a big Cliff Kingsbury fan. Apolog- apologist, Rob bro, defending him. Somebody had tweeted out his end of end of season records coming back all the way back to 20, uh, 2013. Oh yeah. Cause that was Oh five. Oh yeah. and five. It was Except like Except for the bowl game, I guess if they count that. And like one Rob said, well, of course it's going to look that way because the beginning of the schedule, especially in college was, was, was easier. Like you had non-conference games, um, versus all of the big 12 games at the end of the season. Um, but it's kind of still playing out in the NFL where like Kingsbury's teams fade and they look, they looked so bad last night, like offensively 
were terrible with Kyler. Like that's his guy. Like he got to, to Arizona, um, got rid of Josh Rosen to bring in Murray and just look like doo doo. Well, and Von Miller just looked incredible. Stafford. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, granted, Stafford was hamstrung. Like he was just, he looked so much worse because he was playing he was for the stuck Lions. in Detroit for a decade. Yeah. But that'll do it to you. My goodness. Anyways, um, so the Cardinals are out. Who they also ate the Cowboys lunch um, a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was a bizarre one. Yeah, we talked about that too. I, I'm not going to look too much into the. I mean, you're right. If you just flat out look at it, Kingsbury's teams have faded, but I'm going to take very little comparison from NCAA football to NFL football. Just, just very little. As far, as far as records are concerned, you know, maybe, maybe something like a uh, number of times he passes per game or, or, you know, percentage of pass plays to run plays, something like that. I might kind of find interesting, but wins and losses. I don't know. You know, we can see how that works for Saban. And it's just, there. it's just a different thing. It's a totally different thing. So anyway, are you going to be watching the Bills at the Chiefs? As as much as I'm, I'm, I'm a Chiefs fan, to. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll take in what I can. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking up here. Okay, here it is. The uh, it's from the Action Network too. That tweet about Cliff Kingsbury's end of season. Um, Texas Tech in 2013 lost five of six. 14 lost four of six. 15 lost four of six. 16 lost six of eight. 17 lost six of eight. 18, 5 of 5. Cardinals in 19, lost 7 of 9. 20, lost 5 of 7. 21, lost 5 of 6. Didn't sound good? No. But bro's like, well, like I said, he was like, well, of course the the tech numbers are going to be skewed that way. Um, besides the Chiefs, you, 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 you pulling for anybody specific left? In the Bengals playoff, the Bengals, huh? Joey Burrow. Yeah. I like me some Joey Burrow, man. That that guy. He had a, a fun quote today that came out. He said, "You know, I'm trying not to." Oh, I'm paraphrasing this so badly, but basically, he was he was excited that the Cincinnati fans got to see a, a playoff win for the first time since I think '91, something crazy like that. Did you and, hear that, that that crazy stat attached to that? That no text message has ever been sent. About a Bengals <laughs> playoff win, I do enjoy that quite a bit. Uh, no, I hadn't heard that, but because text yeah, messaging I'm wasn't a thing Burrow. last time. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm aware. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Just, just want to make sure we're all right in there. Uh, no, I just don't think that. I mean, it's not like I was living in Merkel, Texas, just thinking that there was no such. We just there's everyone else is texting but us. So I, I knew that texting wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Even in, I don't know what you're getting at over there. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, but no, all I was going to say was uh, I'm rooting for the Bengals. That's it. That was pretty much it. I, I mean, he's and what he was telling his fans, his fans. Well, I guess they are. But what, he's, what he was telling the fans was this is the new expectation, you know, enjoy it. But this is this is the bare minimum every year is to win a playoff game 
And I'm like, I like this guy. He's tough, man. He's tough as nails. So back from that horrible injury last year. Ugh. Do you like them enough that you think they make like the AFC championship game? Do you think they make the Super Bowl? I really enjoyed the previous matchup between the Bengals and the Chiefs. And I, assuming that in this scenario, they're playing the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. Yeah, I'd take that. I would obviously want the Chiefs to win and Mahomes to win. But man, I just like to see those guys go head to head, even though it's always kind of funny to to do that. It would be more interesting if somehow quarterbacks were actually playing on the field at the same time, because it's always like a back in the day. It was always Manning, Brady, Manning and Breeze. And you're just like, well, yeah, they never actually played against each other. That's really compelling. I mean, but but it's not like they're out there passing against each other at the same, you know, anyway, I do get it. Um, So, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll root for them up until they they run into Kansas city or something. I don't know. Who are they playing this week? The, the Titans, the that's, Titans that, that, that's by week. trying to, yeah. Okay. So I was trying to figure out who the other AFC team was. It's Bengals, Titans, um, Bills, Chiefs on the AFC side. And then 49ers, Packers, Rams, Buccaneers, 49ers, Packers. That's going to be a good game too. Like I think both, Obviously, it's playoffs. I think all four of those games could be really good. Yeah, um, I agree. On the <laughs> NFC side, I, I think just because I've, I've, I've really enjoyed the Rams since they played the Chiefs a couple years ago, and that was like that, that huge game they had. Kind of, kind of a low-key Rams fan. I, I don't like the 49ers because of the, the history of the Cowboys, and I, don't, I know I talked about history with NFL. I'm not really that big into it. I don't, I don't like the 49ers. Uh, I used to be a Packers fan with Brett Favre and all them, you know, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. I have a soft um, spot for the Packers. I can't really explain why. I shouldn't. I don't, I don't like them. I have this whole time. I mean, I just always have, I think. I've always just kind of liked them. And I don't like I don't like uh, Tampa Bay. So like on the NFC side of like, I just, I don't know. I don't like enough of the teams left except for the Rams. Like I'm just kind of rooting for the Rams. So, yeah, I could see that. that that's a good team. That, I mean, that, that's an easy one to root for. And the whole Stafford angle, that would be fun to see him. Cause um, I watched the Manning cast, which was oddly on ESPN plus. And I, I would love for someone to look up the numbers. That was probably the most highly watched ESPN plus thing ever. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I watched the Manning cast and, uh, Peyton Manning, I'm just going to call him by their first names because anyway, Peyton brought up, I think for he and his brother, both the first time they won a playoff game or the, the same year they won their first playoff game, they won the Super Bowl. And for Matt Stafford to be this far in his career and to be as prolific as he has been, this was his first playoff win. And maybe, who knows? Maybe he'll take that all the way and win a Super Bowl with it. That'd be a really cool story uh, as long as he's not beating up on my on my Chiefs or something. But yeah, the, the Rams, that's an easy one to get behind for me because I don't have like a huge history with them. And I do think it's weird and it stinks for St. Louis that they lost them back to L.A. 
I think that part stinks, but you know, I'm not, I, I wasn't a St. Louis Rams fan anyway, so it doesn't really matter too much, but I, yeah, I like the association with, uh, you know, Kurt Warner played there for a while, didn't mm-hmm. he? He had them in the Super Bowl uh, against the Titans, I believe. Yeah, maybe it was. And they, they had that last second play where like the receiver oh, was the- stretching out and it was like a half yard short. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. He was marked down and the ball was just short. Yep. No, that was like that was a Super Bowl game, right? Against Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really care for the Bucks that much. I could take him or leave him at this point. Tom Brady is kind of like It's kind Thanos. of already like he's it, kind of like Thanos. He's just inevitable. I'm fine with it. He's proved his point. I, yeah, I mean I've he's really good. He's incredible at his position. And I am accepting of that you know it took me probably the last two or three years to finally just okay he's gonna be really good that's fine i'm tired of rooting against him it's too hard yeah (laughs) just too much work all that to say because we're not an nfl podcast a lot of good games this weekend the the divisional round both leagues good stuff um but i i I just had a bunch of uh like i i sent that tweet out for questions and reactions i just had a bunch of k-state fans spam us so if you're interested in that, obviously they're, they're all in the mentions. You can go, go check it out. We're going to finish up with what we learned uh, and then wrap this thing up. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So a couple of things. One, I got sick this past weekend. Um, it sucks. Temporary, but like it's, it's the best way to lose weight, Michael. I lost like seven pounds. <laughs> this is, this is, I mean, like I said, it's temporary. And, I'm, and that, I'm that's, I'm that's not, all I'm going to tell you. I'm glad I'm not the only one who has thought that because yeah. I, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this, but I weigh myself every single Friday, Friday morning. I weigh myself good or bad, whether I'm trying to lose weight or not. That's just what I do. And those times where I've had like a stomach bug or something and I weigh myself on those mornings, I'm like, yeah, or I had my wisdom teeth out and I weighed myself on that morning. Like, yes, you just eat this jello and mashed potatoes. Man, I just really kicked butt this week. And then how oh, weird I gained 12 pounds next week. That's strange. Yeah. How'd that happen? Anyways. Um, if you didn't know, there is so much money in video games. It's not just a kid's thing anymore. It's just, it's big business. Michael, Microsoft, I've been all, all over the news. It's just a shocking amount. That's why the only reason I'm bringing it up. They acquired Activision, um, and they're the, the company that's just over like call of duty and candy crush were the big ones that they mentioned 70 billion, <laughs> 70 billion. What the hell does Activision make now? I mean, I, I know they make a lot of stuff. They made the, my favorite game probably ever, which was interstate 76 where you're a vigilante oh. in the seventies. And it's set in West Texas of all places. Like you're driving to Sea Graves and and there's it's it's set to a disco soundtrack. You're driving a car. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. But I mean I'm sure they do a ton of stuff. What's their big one? I mean they they've got Call of Duty. big ones. Oh, that's it. Because I knew that Microsoft had bought Bethesda, and as you were talking about it, I looked that up and I thought, well, Bethesda was probably pretty close to that. Like, no, it was like a tenth of that. Bethesda, which does, I think their big things are probably Fallout, and I'm really talking 
way out of my league here. So I don't really know what all Bethesda does, but I know it's, I know they do fall out and they might've done like the, might've done Skyrim. Um, oh, I'm sure they've done some other ones, but anyway, $7.5 billion. Yeah. Well, is this how much one is, they bought them a few years ago. This one is almost, it's like I said, pushing 70. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If they've got the call of duty franchise, that's probably, there we go. So, not that I think that they would they would do this to like half of all of their their game owners, but like Microsoft doing this, like is Call of Duty going to be an Xbox only game? I don't know. They gotta um, try to push people over to Xbox, sell more consoles that way. Well, you know, I think what this will get them to do is um, I have a free trial of Game Pass which is kind of, I think I've, I've talked about it on here, but it's basically the, the Netflix version of games. You know, you just pay a monthly fee and then you can play whatever game in this library. And they have all, all of these Bethesda games in this library because Microsoft owns them now. And so that may be what they're ultimately going to push is really push this Game Pass feature where, hey, if you get Game Pass mm-hmm. on xbox for 10 bucks a month or 15 or whatever they you get are probably going to start charging for it yeah you can play all of the call of duty every call of duty and you can play them when they're available and you can play them on your phone if you get ultimate game pass and so i i would imagine no one has i haven't read a thing about this but that would just kind of be from my three three week trial of game pass with all the bethesda <laughs> games the, the bethesda games have their own section that that's probably what they would do with Activision as well. So what about you, Michael? What did you learn this week? Dude, I was trying to think of something. I don't know. Um, I learned, oh, I learned how to make my uh, in-laws for Christmas. Bought me this gigantic book to make cocktails. And I I went to Specs and I loaded up on a... You know, I had a list and I loaded up on, on all these different drinks that I could make, you know, just the basics. So I got, I got gin and vodka and rye, which I already had some rye, but I was about out. I always have rye and bourbon on hand, so I didn't really need that, but I got got some anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, I was about out, but then uh, I, I learned that when I make this drink called the Preakness, I, I should probably warn my in-laws because it was, it was stout. Nice. And I gave it to them and, and cause I, I give, I, I made this other drink called the Texas Rose before that, which was kind of sweeter, but it was still a whiskey, a whiskey drink, but it was a little bit sweeter. And then I gave him this one, which was still s- sweet, but definitely should have given it in the other order. <laughs> it was mostly all booze. And, um, yeah, they, they, I kept asking him. I was like, guys, I could pour this over ice. I could do something else. You know, what, what do you tell me what you want me to do? I'm learning this. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. And then finally towards the end, they're like, you know, maybe, maybe start with that one next time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got you. I got you. But yeah, I, I learned that, um, that the preakness is, it's, I think it's rye and Benedictine and bitters. Nice. It's stout. All right. So for us on the 23 Personal Podcast, that'll do it for Michael and Spencer. 
We've got games on Saturday and Monday. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.